0: This is where kindness lives, Nextdoor's global podcast, your one-stop shop for all things kind. Here's your host,
1: Jenny Sager.
0: When Nextdoor was created 13 years ago, we never imagined that everyday neighbor posts would spark a novel. But that's exactly what happened for New York Times bestselling author Tara Conklin. She loves Nextdoor in the neighborhood so much that she wrote Community Board, a funny, honest, gritty reflection of ourselves and our neighborhoods. And that's what makes her the perfect guest for this podcast. Tara, we're so excited to have you here today. And we want to start off by asking you, what does kindness mean to you?
2: Hi, um, it's great to be here. And yes, I've been thinking about this question because I listened to, uh, to, to some of your most recent interviews. Um, so kindness to me, I think it has a few components. Um, The first is that I almost think of it as a verb rather than a noun because I think there's really an action element to it. I mean, it's hard to sort of just talk about kindness in the abstract. It's really an act of kindness that, that means something. So I think there is this kind of proactive element to it um and i also think that it's it's interpersonal right it's like it's one person to one person it's like a very kind of intimate um thing that happens when you're showing someone an act of kindness and i think the third element is that there has to be a certain amount of altruism in that you are really not expecting to get something back like you are like true kindness is you feeling moved to do something for another person and maybe it's appreciated, maybe it's not, maybe it's not even acknowledged. But I think that kindness sort of has to have those, those three elements.
0: And that's when it naturally feels good, isn't it? When you're not thinking about, oh, did this person say thank you? Or, you know, what was the kind of ulterior motive for this? Is there somebody in your life that you feel like has been particularly kind to you over the years?
2: Yeah. You know, I am lucky enough to have a pretty wide, uh, like, network of friends that I've accumulated over my various jobs and, and you know, places where I've lived um, but there's one group there, there are five of us and we, four of us went to college together, but we didn't know each other in college. And we met, we all met in our twenties in New York city and where we were working various low paying crappy jobs and like trying to figure out what to do with the rest of our lives. And all of us really love to travel And so we started these trips, um, just, you know, traveling. Every year we would take a trip. And we're now on our 25th, coming up to our 25th year. And every year the five of us go away for a long weekend. And it, it, you know, we've done it through... You know, we started when we were single. We've done it through pregnancies, marriages, divorces, infidelity, you know, babies, breastfeeding, teenagers, you know, all of sort of life's big moments. And when we get together, a friend of mine was like, yeah, it sounds like all you guys do is just affirm the crap out of each other all all weekend. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of basically it. Like, it's just... We, it's just such a place of safety and support and, and
0: kindness. And this serious friendship goals for everybody listening. That, that, that's awesome. Well, I definitely want to talk about your latest book, Community Board. And I do want to read some of the reviews, which are amazing. So one said, a brilliant, hilarious look at modern day community and the distance between who we are and who we say we are. Insightful, honest, and surprisingly sly. I loved this book. And another one, sometimes we're not ready to jump. We need a little push. Funny, cinematic, and heartfelt. Community board is a propulsive delight. So I I love those because they really, you can feel the entertaining nature of the book. And I do want you to talk about how you got the idea because I believe that Next Door had something to do with it, didn't it?
2: May have, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Next Door was really the original inspiration for the book. Um, and I had, this is pre COVID probably a year before COVID, you know, I was on my next door board in the way that most people are these days. I developed a little bit of an unhealthy obsession with it. And, and just because as like, as like, maybe it wasn't unhealthy. I have to remember like my audience here, um, not unhealthy, totally, totally normal. But I was it just seemed to me that there was so much. I mean, as a fiction writer, you know, we're always looking for stories and like the little kind of spark of inspiration and the little, you know, odd anecdote that someone tells you or the person you sit next to on an airplane. But every single day right there on Next Door was like enough drama and pathos and tragedy and humor and and humanity to fill, you know, a novel every day of the week. Um, So I really thought it would be fun and, a, and just a kind of a, a narrative challenge to write a novel just with next door posts. So like have the entire action of the plot come out within the posts. And I started to write that and then COVID happened. And I had three kids, you know, remote schooling at home, twenty four seven. You know, we all thought, "What the hell is happening? The world is falling apart." You know, and and so I I stopped writing. I mean, I just didn't have the the kind of the bandwidth for it. And I thought, my God, who wants to read a novel when like the world is falling apart? Like I, I um, <laughs> uh, but after a little while, after a few months of like quarantine and stress and anxiety and all of the stuff that we were all going through, um, I went back to that project. And first of all, I, I needed to laugh. I really wanted to make myself, you know, giggle for again. And I also was recognizing in a very profound way, just how important community was in my everyday life and for my kids and for my friends and to have it just suddenly and completely withdrawn was very you know it it was really really hard for everyone and um so so my so my take on the material kind of shifted and it was less about sort of this narrative you know a fun task of telling a story through next door and really more of a like a love letter to community um and so that's kind of what the book became
0: and I know you have said before that our hometowns are kind of baked into a DNA in a way that no other place is which you're kind of touching on can you explain what that means and how you think we all have this need for community and um, how that's reflected in the book as well.
2: Well, I was raised in a very small town in Western Mass called Stockbridge, and which may or may not be the, <laughs> the inspiration for murbridge the fictional town in my <laughs> novel. Um, and, you know, I left... I left Western Massachusetts and left New England basically when I, well, I went to college in New England, but then, you know, every summer I was someplace else pretty much and, and have never lived there since. Um, and yet, you know, all both of my previous novels had a connection to, uh, to New England. And certainly when I was sitting down to write a book, um, where place was so important the only place I could imagine setting it was my hometown even though I was sitting in Seattle and I hadn't you know and I couldn't travel back there and I hadn't lived there in at that point you know 22 years um, it still was the place I knew the most intimately and I knew backwards and forwards and I knew the people who lived there and the kinds of, you know, the everyday rhythms of a small town like that in the way that, That, yeah, I think it is. It's baked in, you know, the place you you grow up is just, it's part of you.
0: Your character, Darcy, she also returns to her family town, and you are obviously somebody who has moved to a bunch of places throughout your life. How do you kind of rebuild that community when you land somewhere either that you haven't been in a while or that is completely new? Like, how do you get that feeling of home when you're new in a community? I
2: think it's really hard, especially the older you get, Um, it's, it's really hard to move. And I mean, I think if you're a parent, you know, your children's community kind of by default becomes your community, the parents of your kids' friends um but you know my father is 81 and we're looking at moving him out of the house he's lived in for the past 30 years in this very very small town in Massachusetts and into a you know kind of a retirement community and he is it really for the past decade he's kind of been we've been like dad you really it's about time you know like you're for your health and um but it has been so so difficult to cuz he's so intimately connected with his neighbors and um i think it is it requires action on your part you know you can't just kind of sit
0: back and expect it to happen definitely it's a bit like dating isn't it where you can't kind of wait for somebody else to take the first step or you might be sitting there for a really long time you have to just put yourself out there yeah definitely well we did some research around community connection, and we actually found that globally, we can quantify the number of neighbors that you should connect with to get a positive impact on your mental health and well-being. And that number was actually six. So it was six neighbors for you to start feeling that positive impact. And when we say connect, it's as simple as literally just saying hello to somebody in the neighborhood. And does that resonate for you? Like, do you, When you think about your neighborhood, do you think you know six people? I do. I do think I know six people. I think I, I,
2: I think I know more than six people, particularly after (laughs) COVID. I mean, my block, and I think this happened a lot, certainly around Seattle, but, you know, as this, as community was withdrawn from us, people were really seeking it out in any way they
0: could find it. Definitely. Well, we did some research that showed that as well, that two thirds of neighbors actually have a better appreciation of their neighbors and their neighborhood now more than they did before the pandemic. So you're exactly right. But again, but it does like, like
2: any relationship, like it does take a certain amount of engagement and effort on your part. And I mean, that's one thing that I really, that in the book, you know, my Darcy kind of goes through this period where she loses everything in her life. She loses her marriage. She loses her job. Her parents move away without telling her (laughs) to escape her. And, um, and she returns, she loses her friends. Her friends are kind of jerks to her. And she returns to her home in the middle of winter and just kind of decides to like shut herself in and just, she is an island and she's just going to be okay on her own. And, um, and you know, over the course of the novel, she comes to the realization that, of course, she can't live like that. I mean, there, you know, you can't wall yourself away. I mean, I suppose you could, but you'd miss out on ninety-nine percent of life. Um, so it's really about her kind of learning to reengage with her community and to find people like who she really
0: can meaningfully connect with and do you have a next door story from your own from your own life do you have anything anything that stands out Is have you gotten something weird off of for sale and free or found an amazing local business or anything that's happened from next door for you
2: I actually heard this hilarious story that is very is almost like so taken from my novel which was um Uh, A woman that I was talking to, her husband was driving and he was reading next door at a stoplight and he was on the phone with her and he was like, oh my God, there's some person on next door saying that they lost an owl. Who loses an owl? Who has a pet owl? And then he looks up, and there's the owl sitting on a tree branch right (gasps) at the stop side, right at the red
0: light. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised, because in my neighborhood, a lizard went missing. And so my neighbor, who I had not met across the street, posted on next door that his lizard, and I can't remember the name of the lizard, but it was something hilarious, like, you know, George Washington or something like that, went missing, and he posted a picture, and they... Well, the neighborhood, the community, found the lizard in less than 24 hours. Then he posted this amazing post thanking everybody with, like, a picture of the lizard supposedly looking happy. I, I feel like it was smiling, but I can't, you know, can't say if that was definitely the case. So I believe the owl story because these things definitely do happen. Where Kindness Lives we will be back in a moment. Hey, you know what's really great for earning some extra cash? Nextdoor's for sale and free. Basically, it's where you go on and you can sell things that you have lying around the house. You can even swap them with neighbors, like household appliances, gardening items, pet supplies, furniture. You can really put anything on there. It's really simple. Just look around your house, see what you're not using anymore, and I bet somebody is going to want it in the neighborhood. And guess what? It also keeps waste out of the landfill and helps the environment, which is Really, really awesome, and it's so easy to use. Just download the free Nextdoor app or go to nextdoor.com and start turning that trash into treasure right now. Tara, it's really important at Nextdoor that we continue to support local business because we really feel that when local businesses thrive, communities thrive. And we recently ran a competition where neighbors voted for their favorite local businesses, and Buni Coffee in Washington Heights, New York was voted what we call a neighborhood fave. The coffee shop has a huge table that takes up a lot of the internal space where neighbors can work together and sit around and kind of form these connections that we've been talking about. And so I want to play you a little bit from the owner, Serena.
1: From the start, we really wanted Buni to be more than selling coffee. We wanted it to be about using coffee as a vehicle for getting people together for building community, and that was really important to us as newcomers. We were moving newly to this neighborhood, and so it has become a really mutual thing where people get together and they meet friends and they make friends over a cup of coffee at Buni. but it's also allowed us, Elias and I, to make friends in the neighborhood and get to know people. It's a, you know, Bouni, uh this location is a really small location. It, it, in a way, the, the size forces people to engage with each other. There's a communal table. You, you end up having to speak to the person who sits next to you. And uh, even if you're there working on your laptop, eventually you need to plug in, you need to, you need to do something. Um, and I love that. I love when people stop me on the street and say, hey, you know, I met my girlfriend at Bootney, or I met my best friend at Bootney." And people do say that a lot to us.
0: Tara, it'd be great to hear from you why you think venues like coffee shops are important in the local community. And also, do you have a favorite one where you live? Oh, yeah. Well, as a
2: writer with children, I'm always looking for places that are not my home to <laughs> to do my work, and I frequent a lot of coffee shops in fact, um most of certainly my first two novels were written in coffee shops um, and they're yeah I mean they're amazing you know local places of and the kinds of interactions that you were talking about were you know just saying hi to just having like a few you know, comments back and forth with the barista or someone that is waiting online with you um, is a really wonderful way to start your day. Uh, And my, yes, I definitely have a favorite. It's called The High Spot and it's here in Madrona and it's been around for Ages, even before my sister used to live in this neighborhood and she has this joke that the reason I moved to Seattle is because I went to brunch at the high spot and, and I <laughs> loved it so much that I decided to move to this neighborhood. Um, but they're just, it's like in a big old house and like kind of rickety tables and, and really wonderful food and and it's not that expensive and you know in the weekends there's a line out the door um, but everybody's chatting when you're waiting in line and it's it's just it's a great place
0: it's such a cornerstone of the community isn't it like I love it that my coffee shop knows my order like now I go in and they're just oh good morning Jenny yep here you go here's your almond latte or whatever It's, it's just like it instantly makes you feel warm and fuzzy I think That's a good segue to what we call the kind carousel, where we get to ask you all kinds of questions. So I'm going to kick off by just wondering, what is your coffee order? What's your, what do you get? What do you get there at the high spot? I get a 16 ounce Americano with a splash of whole milk.
2: I mean, I drink a lot of coffee. Uh, You know, it's required as a Seattle resident that you drink a lot of coffee. Um, and, And just, you know, getting through the day and with the kids and everything. So I usually drink like, oh, God, I probably have at least three coffees a day.
0: If you see a community board in, you know, your lo- local grocery store or something like that, do you, do you have a little look? Oh, I always look through
2: it. It's always fascinating to see, like, what people are doing in the neighborhood and, like, what services. I mean, you know, kids who'll come and mow my lawn and and camps for, for my children, like, you know, classes or things that they might be interested in, um, and new businesses,
0: exactly as you mentioned. I think it's really hard to walk past those without reading them. I don't really understand the people that can keep walking because I do the same. I'm like, oh, someone's teaching belly dancing. Someone else is like... guitar teacher you know I don't know I don't think I've ever actually called anyone off of one of the boards but I love reading them. Me too. (laughs) You mentioned before that you read a lot also obviously as a writer I would guess part of that is just kind of you know looking for inspiration and taking tips from other writers just by consuming their work but what are some of your favorite books? Oh
2: gosh I have a lot um There's a book called Euphoria by Lily King, which I think is one of my all-time favorite novels. Um, It's just kind of a perfect novel. It has, you know, it's very intellectual. It has a love story. It takes place in a very kind of exotic locale. It's incredibly moving. Um, Yeah, I love that book.
0: Okay, so last question. You mentioned earlier that you moved around a lot. We know where home is now. If you could live in any other neighborhood, where would you pick? I love Seattle. I mean, it's,
2: you know, it's going through a lot of changes and issues right now post-COVID. But I love the proximity to nature. I love waking up and looking at the mountains. Um, And I just think it's, I think people are really committed to the city and really love the city. It's the only place I've lived where people... Like they go away to college and they come back, you know, like they're born here, yeah. they're raised here. And which, you know, most of the cities I've lived in, it's their real transients, you know, like people people are coming and going all the time. And very few people, I think, go away and then return. Um, And, and I love that about Seattle.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Do you have anything coming that you want to let everybody know about or anything that you want to mention that's coming up community board is out it's available in bookstores it's
2: available online wherever you buy your books the paperback will be coming in early uh early next year oh and I do for people who um who are writing who are interested in uh becoming writers or learning more about how to craft a novel I do teach I teach at a place in Seattle called (laughs) Hugo House Um, And I'm actually teaching a year-long course um, starting in September called Book Lab, and it's for people who are working on a book-length manuscript. Part of that class is going to be over Zoom. We're still kind of working out the details, but even if you're not in Seattle, still check it out. It's hugohouse.org online, and you can get all the information there.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for giving back to the community of writers that way. That's an excellent way to give back to that community. And of course, if you want to go online or go on the app and read all of the amazing Nextdoor posts that Tara's talking about that inspired her book, you can download the Nextdoor app for free or just head to nextdoor.com. And we cannot wait to see what happens in your next book. Tara will definitely be keeping an eye out. And thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. This was great fun.